This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. Listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 243, entitled Interview with Justin Motes from Straight Line Landscapes, also known as the Southern Real Mower on YouTube. Uh, so uh, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Justin to the show. Hey, Justin, how's it uh, going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, I've been uh, looking forward uh, to this uh, interview uh, for a while. I actually have uh, been uh, watching your YouTube channel uh, for quite a bit. And a lot of the people that listen uh, to this podcast um, know sort of my struggles uh, with uh, my truck and trailer and just the size of it going through uh, neighborhoods uh, in these sort of city, um, small city, dense neighborhoods. Uh, and that's what got me uh, into looking at alternatives uh, for my uh, business. And I stumbled upon your YouTube channel um, because one of the things that you um, use in your business is a Ford uh, Transit van. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's a, uh, I got it in um, February of 2016. It is a, uh, the Ford Transit 250. They, they, they make a 150, a 250, and a 350. Just like um, you know the Ford uh, trucks, the F one hundred and fifty, the two fifty, and the F three fifty, and it's the medium length and the medium height. Okay. Okay. They have uh, shorter ones and um, you know ones that don't have a high ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got it. It was a two thousand fifteen model. I bought it early two thousand sixteen and uh, drove it every day since then. It's been great. I haven't had any issues with it at all. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm just a step back a little bit uh, and just to have uh, maybe you um, introduce yourself before we get ahead of ourselves. I got so excited there with the van. <laughs> uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Okay. Well, I'm 37 years old and born and raised in Georgia, just north of Atlanta. Uh, my whole family lives here. I've been here my whole life. And um, I started in lawn care probably like a lot of other people do. Um, when I was in high school, I worked at a dealership because my father's a mechanic. Okay. And I, I was like detailing cars, you know, as they sold a car, they would bring it to us and we would just like take all the stickers off and clean it and then send it up front, mm-hmm. uh, for the customer that just bought the vehicle. And when I graduated high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and still really don't know what I want to do in life, but, mm-hmm. um, I was working at the dealership and I, I wasn't ma- I was just making minimal wage, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a basic starting job. I was young and, um, I ended up over the summer, I, I moved to the body shop. Okay. 
Okay. And I started uh, buffing all the cars, the paint as they came out of the paint booths. I would fix any imperfections in the paint. And then, um, you know, they would go on and the customer would pick them up. Well, I think I was making nine or ten dollars an hour. This was back in like 2001. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out that they were charging like two and three hundred dollars per car. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing like eight or ten of them a day as fast as I could, as best as I could. And um, I kind of started doing the math and I was like, man, like if I work eight hours making nine dollars an hour, by the time taxes are taken out and everything, I'm going to walk away with like 50 or $60 for the day. Yeah, yeah. But that just made them two or $3,000 for the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at that point I was like, it kind of, you know, I felt like I was worth more than that mm-hmm. or I could produce, I could make more money than that. So I, um, I, I used a, a little push mower that my grandfather gave me and I started cutting grass in my neighborhood that I grew up in. Okay. So, um, and I'm sure a lot of people start that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, because where I grew up, like all my neighbors, they had been there since I was a little kid, so they all knew me. And um, it was easy just to kind of get four or five yards to cut. And I would just charge, you know, 20 or $30. And um, I felt like that's when my eyes opened to kind of like entrepreneurship. And like, I didn't want to be in that nine to five grind, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, man, I can go cut five yards at $30 a yard. Yeah. yeah. I'm home with $150 and I'm like at home at two o'clock mm-hmm. or one o'clock, mm-hmm. you know? So that whole summer, summer, I just, I hustled. I had a little Ford Ranger. It was like a four cylinder, five speed, basic little junkie truck. And, uh, you know, my dad had like an echo blower from like the seventies that just smoked so bad. You couldn't even hardly run it. (laughs) And, uh, I just kind of saved up my money. And then like, um, I was 18 or 19. So like at that time you kind of needed to like credit and credit cards or whatever. So I went to my local, uh, Exmark dealership Mm -hmm. and I financed a uh, 36 inch Exmark walk behind. Okay. And um, then that next spring, I just started uh, really hustling, you know, and uh, picking up as many yards as I could. Um, I knew a lot of people from high school, and I just ended up in all these different little neighborhoods and started building a business that way. Okay, very cool. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, so uh, what first attracted you uh, to even think about uh, lawn care as, uh, you know, when you went from that uh, job and and looking at doing the math? And I've been there before. I've had jobs. Ironically, at a car dealership, I was uh, uh, driving parts around and I wanted to make my way into the the parts department as one of the the parts guys. Um, But I remember getting, uh, uh, it was a full-time job. And up to that point, I was only working part-time jobs. So this was like my first like full-time job. And I thought like, oh, I'm going to be set here with these, you know, this dealership and stuff. And uh, I was making like seven or eight or $9 an hour, something very similar. And I remember after taxes, I got my first check and I went to my truck after work and I opened up the envelope with like the little pay stub. And I was left with like $500 for two weeks. And I was like, yeah, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, I felt uh, kind of depressed. You yeah. Know? Like after I did a whole week's worth of work and like, I, I, I felt like I pulled my weight on my end. Like I showed up on time and I did more than what I was supposed to. And then when I got the check and I was like, 
oh my gosh, like this is not good. No, no. (laughs) No. And and I thought, I can't do this the rest of my life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's nothing personal from the dealership I worked at. It's business. Mm -hmm. That's my job is to do this service or whatever and make them money. And I just didn't want to play that game. I wanted to go out and make my own money. Um, I think it's a little bit of a personality thing, long care, um, a little bit maybe obsessive compulsive or like seeing the before and after mm-hmm. it was, it was rewarding yes. to me. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I mean the, the paint correction in the body shop was rewarding as well. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like they were paying me what I was worth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's how I got started. I mean, it was one of those things to where, you already kind of knew how to cut, how to cut grass from being just a young kid, yes. but not at a professional le- yeah. you know, level. Um, I didn't know the, how to, the best way to cut, you know, flower beds and edge around flower beds or, you mm-hmm. know, what all these little things that you learn along the way. Yeah. 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 So it was just natural. Just something, uh, you know, in the South, like my mom, like she stayed at home, like she never worked. She stayed at home and raised the kids yeah. and my father uh, worked every day. And she said, your butt's not staying home all summer. You better find something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because like when you're 17, 18 years old, you're kind of considered a young man, you know, at that point. And she said, you better get out and do something. I don't care if it's whatever you do, just do something. Yeah, yeah. So I just started cutting grass. That's how I started. Okay, awesome. Uh, and I enjoyed the before and after. Yes. Okay, Because, you know, when I first started, you're not getting like these pristine, like high-end properties. You're getting more like, yards that people want to pay a guy $20 to just kind of knock it down. You yeah, know, yeah. The whole property is weeds. There's no grass really there. And they just, Hey, can you knock it down for $20? And honestly, those type of properties gave me the biggest reward because I saw the, the biggest difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's... Because you go to like a million dollar property, they've had law maintenance companies on that property every week for five years. You're maintaining the perfect look that they already have. Mm-hmm. There's not much change more than, you know, it'd be easier for it to go down and look worse than it is to make it look better yes. because it's already, they've already been paying someone to keep it perfect. Mm. Yeah. Very but good these point. Low end kind of, you know, junky properties. That's where you see a huge change and the people, the customer, the homeowner is amazed. They come outside and they're like, wow, this looks so much better. Great. And and that that kind of drives you, you know, to do more. And, and 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 that's what I wanted. You know, I started just trying to build up a ton of customers. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So do you have in your uh, business, is it, uh, are you a single owner operator or do you have employees? Um, no, I'm, I own it and operate it myself. Okay. Um, long story short, I started out by myself. I ended up with... Uh, after like 2008, nine, the kind of the housing crisis here, um, things started building back up. Mm-hmm. And I had at one point, you know, three trucks and a couple of guys that worked for me. And um, that's how, you know, it's kind of like the lead to why I ended up with the transit and back to working for myself. Okay. Um, we had a Zuzu box trucks, you know, the cab yep. over truck. I uh, had like a F-250 and um, – an, an open cab truck. It wasn't a box truck. It just had like the landscape bed on the back. Mm-hmm. It was a Mitsubishi Fuso. So like you have the Zuzu and then yep. you have the Mitsubishi and I think Nissan and a couple other ones make them. Well, what, what happened was uh, at this point in, in my career, I had established a bunch of 
properties and we had two guys and it was running very good, you know, smooth. It was every week we were getting it done, knocking it out. And, uh, the transmission went out on the Azusa. Oh, okay. Well, with my dad being a mechanic, we always grew up working on everything ourselves. I've never put a vehicle in the shop and like had someone repair it for it. Okay. Um, well, when the transmission went out, my dad was like, okay, we'll just pull it out. You know, I'll take it to work because he, you know, he's a mechanic. He works at a dealership. He was like, we'll take it apart. We'll get a rebuild kit and we'll, we'll fix it. And, you know, no big deal. Well, once we did that, we found out what actually failed in the transmission was um, a part the back of the transmission where the drive shaft comes out. Okay. There's a bearing there. It's called the output shaft. Okay. And there's a bearing. Okay. The bearing went bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I've called every place across this whole globe. No one had, you can't buy just a bearing. Mm. You have to buy a whole new transmission oh, wow. or find a used transmission, mm-hmm. right? At that point, I was kind of through with cab overs. Okay. Um, because once again, I'm, I think they're great vehicles. It's just from my, my perspective and wanting to be able to repair them myself, mm-hmm. I couldn't get parts for them. Yeah, yeah. So after that, um, I kind of wanted to make some changes in the business. Okay. Um, and that's what I did. I, uh, at this point in my career, I knew a lot more about like routes and, um, route density. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started learning a lot about like, um, how much each property was actually profiting and how much it was costing me to, you know, do it. So I kind of made a big move over the the winter and I just sold both of the cab over trucks. I sold the F two fifty. I got rid of the employees and I literally went to the Ford dealership and I picked up the transit. Oh, wow. And at that point, um, I realized I can make more money doing this by myself mm-hmm. and do more smaller high end properties. Yeah. Okay. We, we had like laser Z's, you know, 48s and, uh, X smart navigators, like for more bigger properties where you would need a couple of people on each job. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got the Ford transit, I went to just a X mark 36 inch mower, a 30 inch mower and a 21 okay. and it fits in the van perfectly. Okay. So we're doing these homes that are, you know, $700,000 home, which is, a very nice high end home in this area, but they're only on a quarter of an acre. You know, they're very small lots Yeah, yeah. and they're really intricate. They have a lot of curves and beds and, you know, different plantings and yeah. stuff. So you can't just put a big 60 inch mower on it and just, you know, mow it down and go. Mm-hmm. These people, uh, the, the property requires more precision. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, that's where these smaller mowers come into play. Yeah. Well, the van is almost like a small cab over in a way. Yes. It's my, my equipment's out of the weather. Okay. It's locked up from any type of thieves or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can drive it home at night because in my subdivision where I live, you can't have a commercial vehicle. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's why we only have our logo on the truck. I'm not like fully advertising mm-hmm. phone numbers, anything like that. Um, because I want to be able to drive it home at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so really from the outside, it just looks like a standard service truck. People wouldn't probably know like, Oh, there's, you know, lawnmowers and blowers inside. They probably think it's a plumbing contractor or, 
you know, electrician or something. Okay. So yeah. it's like a miniature box truck in a way. Okay. Very it gave me all the benefits, but it was a lot easier to work on and find parts for it. Okay. Very, very cool. So um, we're going to get more into the van. Uh, first, we're just going to take a quick break uh, because it's time for this week's Jobber Minute. Okay, my question this time is, I want to increase my online presence. What's the best way to get more online reviews from my customers? Julio, you're absolutely right that having more online reviews is going to help you boost your online presence. In fact, we've spoken with some customers who've used Jobber to get more online reviews and now have a stronger web presence than larger businesses who are spending way more money on marketing. So to get more reviews, assuming you're already delivering great customer service and doing excellent work, the simple answer is you have to ask for them. We have a two-step client review process that's very repeatable. First, right after a job is complete, use Jobber's automated follow-up emails to thank the client for their business and ask them to fill out a short survey that's built into our software. Clients will appreciate the professionalism of this, and it allows you to collect that great internal feedback. Now, step two is to look at the clients who've given positive feedback on that survey and send them a link to either Google Business, Yelp, or Facebook page and politely ask them for a review. Again, you can do all of this through Jobber using professional branded email templates. Make it easy for your clients to leave reviews and send that follow-up when the job is still fresh in the mind. And that's the key. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. If you want to see what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. You can start a free trial and even get 20% off your first six months. Okay, so uh, just before the break there, we were talking about uh, the transit van, and you said you got the medium length and medium height version of that van, um, and that you load the three uh, mowers in there, the 36-inch walk-behind, and a 30-inch mower and a 21-inch mower. Um, So how are you uh, doing uh, the loading? Do you have uh, like portable ramps, uh, or did you have a custom ramp built, or how does that work? Um, it's just two portable ramps. They sell them for, um, like ATVs, you know, loading ATVs okay. into the back of a pickup truck or something like that. Okay. Very, very cool. And you can get, uh, so is there a specific way that those three mowers fit in there? Cause you said it fits like just perfectly. Uh, so yeah, how, yeah. so, so what's the process there? <laughs> right. Yeah. The 36 inch when I load it first and it kind of goes all the way to the front, to the left behind like the driver. So. Okay. And then the 30 can fit next to it behind the passenger seat. And then the 21 kind of interlocks behind the 30, you know, that kind of strap those together. Okay. And then the straps, uh, the, the, the ramps go behind the 36 inch mower. Okay. And do you, do you use uh, like any sort of rack or something? Like what are you doing with your uh, trimmers and blowers and stuff? I just, uh, I welded a a rack on, I made one. Uh, it holds the trimmer, the edger, and then I have like an extended edge trimmer. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, inside those vans, there's a lot of threaded holes. Yes. Um, so all I did was find just the right size bolt you know, and the thread pattern. And I just took some square tubing. It just made a simple rack to hold those things to and just bolted in. Okay. Very, very uh, cool. So um, have you tried, because I noticed you, uh, you talked about, um the navigator do you still have the navigator and do you ever have to try to load that in the van or do you do something different with that i actually uh sold the navigator oh, okay um 
Now, it would fit, but what I would do is you would need a custom ramp. Yeah. Because the Navigator has that third wheel on the back. Yes. So you, you need a, a flat platform. The two ramps that I use now, it wouldn't work. So, okay. Um, but they're starting to catch on. I, I've seen a lot of um, more like uh, companies that are making like wheelchair and handicap access yes. vehicles. And they're coming out with uh, ramps and stuff that fold up. Yeah. And I think you could, if you wanted to, you could buy one of those or you could probably make one pretty easily. Yeah. Very, very cool. I was, like I said, uh, in my own research, trying to, you know, think of things to do in the future to kind of, uh, because it just gets worse and worse. It was like uh, literally one day um, where I went to go do this uh, $35 or $40 mow in this neighborhood and uh, I couldn't find parking. Um, so I went to the next house and then did that one and then came back to do that, that one again. And there was still no parking. And this repeated five times throughout the day by the, yeah. the time I finally got it done. It was like four 30 in the afternoon when I had first done my first visit there, like nine 30 in the morning, um, going back and forth. And I was like, this is crazy. I've made no money here. Like I can't find any parking for this truck oh. and trailer. It's like ridiculous. And yeah, and let me make a couple of uh, points here. With that seat, that that over that winter, it slows down a little bit here in Georgia. I mean, we just we still mow, but like only go to the properties like once or twice a month. It's mm-hmm. not weekly most throughout the winter. So in that downtime, when I was selling off trucks and deciding on what to do, me and my wife uh, we sat down and we just started writing out all the the pros and cons from where I was at with the cab overs to what I was trying to do with the transit. Okay. And one thing you mentioned about like, you know, no parking, obviously the transit solves that because it's, uh, when you compare it to a truck and a trailer, it's wheelbase is very short compared yes. to that. Even with the uh, Zuzu cab overs, I had a 16 foot box and a, and a four foot dovetail on the back. So overall this vehicle is like over 30 something feet long. Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing all these comparisons and one of the biggest um, improvements was not only just because it was a shorter wheelbase and I can get in and out of these tight subdivisions, but um, the, the gas mileage is way better. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's got the EcoBoost engine, which is um, a V6 twin turbo engine that Ford puts in the F one fifties. And if you um, don't have a heavy foot, it will, it gets really good gas mileage. Okay. Um, I'm thinking 16 to 18 miles per gallon. And um, also, you know, the, the Zuzu was so slow. It's just a diesel. It's big. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. We, um, we had to wait for traffic a lot of times. You can't just kind of pull out in front of cars and just get up to speed really quickly. Yeah. We have to wait for the break in traffic that was big enough for you to pull out and start building up speed. Mm. Well, my wife was like, man, you, you're probably saving like five or eight minutes between each property by going to the transit because you're not having to wait for that break in traffic mm. to get the truck out. Yeah, yeah. Well, this business is all about like timing, right? Yes. So I, I, I thought, man, out of 10 properties a day, if it's taking me an extra eight minutes to get to each property, you're, that's 80 minutes of travel time. That's, a, you know, you're saving a ton of money by being able to have this lighter, shorter vehicle just kind of get out and get going with the flow of traffic quickly. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Um, I noticed, too, like when uh, that example that I gave um, with that particular one incident uh, that I had, and there's been many, uh, but uh, those neighborhoods that I was servicing, 
they all had front driveways and they uh, they were all empty. I could have parked in the driveway, but it would only fit my truck. And then the trailer uh, would be across the sidewalk and sticking out into the road. And the amount, like I kid you not, the amount of parking enforcement that's driving, <laughs> it's, it's like they're sharks going around, like any little infractions like you, you they almost wait for you like you go to the backyard to mow a lawn you come back there's a ticket on you <laughs> and it's like you're not going to make any money like that right so it was like i would never park on the driveways because i knew i would get a ticket right away um but i was like with a van i'd be able to park in the driveway and i wouldn't have to worry about uh you know anything else and not blocking the sidewalk and all that sort of stuff because it would fit perfectly uh there so yeah it's really uh neat to see um because it was always something that i thought uh, originally like i thought about the transit van um but having somebody like you who's um making uh videos about it uh on uh you know youtube was uh you know really just um uh, you know justifying that thought that yes this is possible that you can run your lawn care business uh, a question though that i have is uh and it's one that every time i've talked about or i've posted pictures about on instagram of a transit van and i've done mock-ups of a transit van with my company logos on it and stuff and people always ask um you know i'd be worried about the food the fuel smell what do you do with the fuel smell though you know in the in the back of the truck and stuff like that so how do you handle that do you get uh, because you're in a obviously you talk about the southern states so you're you know there's going to be uh, a lot of evaporation and and stuff like that uh, happening um so how do you uh, is that is that an issue the the fuel smell well, I mean, and i think it would it's a very legitimate question or a concern and i had the same you know the same uh, worries but um, they have it has a partition behind the, the, the driver and passenger yep. seat. Okay, so that's blocking off like 90% of the back from the front. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if every manufacturer does this. I assume they probably would. Um, but on X marks, they're, uh, for the vent for the fuel tank, it, it runs through a carbon canister. Okay. So I don't, I, we don't smell any fuel. Okay. I mean, in the middle of the summer, you know, it's hot. The, all the gas tanks are like, you know, really like swelled up. Yeah, from yes. pressure building and all that. You may get a little bit, but uh, the true test is my wife, whenever she gets in it, we'll take this truck, this van and go get groceries. Oh, okay. She's never, I've always asked her, I'm like, Hey, do you smell gas in here or whatever? Because I was scared that I was just kind of used to it. You know? Yes. Yes. And yeah. And she's driving like a brand new vehicle to work all week long and she'll get in my van. She's never said there's any issue with it. Oh, wow. So I think between the partition and then the filters on the, the actual vents on the gas tanks on the mowers, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very cool. The wife uh, test always uh, is the <laughs> is the key there. She, you wouldn't definitely. even you wouldn't even have to ask her. She would let you know before. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And look, hey, we take this van. We'll go out to eat on Friday nights with it, and then stop by the grocery store because it's just like a big enclosed trailer, basically with four tires. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, if you if you wanted to buy a piece of furniture and it was raining, you can go to the furniture place and mm-hmm. just put it in the back and take it home. Yeah, yeah. So it's, these vans are so useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ford's had them in Europe for 25 years. Yes. They just started bringing them over back to the States in uh, 2015. Okay, very cool. So, and everybody in Europe uses this type of van. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're super popular in Europe. They're, yes. they're everywhere. Um, 
Uh, what about um, like? Because I would think, um, you know, just off the top of my head, and thinking, you know, in my own sort of lists of pros and cons of using a van. One of the things that I thought of was um, if I had to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, you yeah, could you could, exactly. you could go in a bottle or something if you had to in the back and close the doors and nobody sees you instead yeah. of having to, uh, you know, get in the vehicle halfway through if it was like an emergency and have to go to a gas station or, or something like that. Definitely, yes. And these trucks, keep in mind, if you were to go to the dealership and spec one yourself and build it, um, there's so many options. I mean, like the sliding side door. Mm-hmm. Some people get windows. Yes. Well, mine's solid. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I want as least windows as possible mm-hmm. for one, so people can't see in there. Yeah. But two, if I didn't strap a mower down and it rolled or something, it bust the you know a window yes. out or whatever. So um, yeah, if if you spec it to where there's no windows, then yeah, you definitely have privacy in the back for whatever situation you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the options that are available with those vans is uh, crazy, and it's only getting crazier. Um, I noticed that uh, Ford released now um, an all-wheel drive version for 2020 and also a crew cab version where they have that partition um, behind the sliding door. So the sliding door opens, and it's a row of seats with windows. So you could have a a couple of workers and stuff in the back, and then that partition's behind that, and then you open the back doors, and you've got that smaller uh, cab in there but uh, uh, the enclosed part. So it's, yeah, it's insane what um, you can spec out uh, those vans uh, to do for your business, like almost uh, uh, perfect. But I'm like you, I would get one um, with no windows, just solid, uh, the metal uh, solid doors and stuff and uh, and go from there. I'd even, I don't know if you can get sliding door just on the passenger side because that's probably what I would want is just. Um, yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, just one, uh, one door. Uh, I'm not sure. They may have sliding doors on both sides to where you can open up two doors and it'd be like, you know, all the way through. I don't know. Um, I do know one thing I've noticed for since driving this every day for all these uh, what five or six years now, um, the medium height will fit through a drive-through. Okay. If you were to go to the highest one, yeah. I think FedEx and some of these delivery, Amazon has them now. I don't know if they would fit through the drive-thru because a lot of times it's like an eight foot, six inch clearance. Yeah. yeah. So keep that in mind. I'm six foot tall and I can stand up straight in the back of mine. Okay. Now I do have to duck a little bit to, cause there's some uh, support ribs in the roof, Yep. you know, but I kind of hunt, you just kind of get used to it. You just hunch over a little bit, grab your equipment and get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, The high roof would be awesome but then I would lose the ability to go through a drive-thru yeah, with it. That's very important. <laughs> yes. um, For- now I would consider getting the longest version. Oh, okay. I think the wheelbase on mine is 148 inches. Um, I don't know what the shortest one is and I don't know what the longest one is, but I do know mine's the middle. I would, I would be okay with the longest one. Yeah. Yeah. That would be uh, very cool too, is uh, depending on, um, you know, I guess your, the parking situations, how, uh, you know, cause obviously then you give up that too, uh, as well, but yeah, it's uh very cool. And like you said, the, the drive-throughs, uh, is something uh, to keep in mind, uh, there. I know for me, that's important. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know how you have an issue sometimes when, um, you go through the same drive-through all the time and they start to say things like, uh, the sauce is in the bag before you even ask for it. <laughs> they get to yeah. know you <laughs> it's exactly, like oh, yeah. it's like okay <laughs> i think i've been here too often um yeah, yeah that's awesome awesome uh, insight are there any um now that you've used it uh for these few years um anything negative that you can say about uh, going to a van um 
okay, so it's only going to fit certain landscape business models. Yeah. You're not going to be a huge install company with this van. Uh, you're not going to be doing acres and acres of grass. Like, um, for instance, maybe out up North or out West, there's properties that are two and three acres, mm-hmm. you know, more kind of pasture country setting. Yep. This, I mean, you're going to have limitations, right? Because I can't, uh, put a 72 inch wide mower in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't put a 20 foot tree in the back of it and go install it somewhere, but there's, there's works there work. There's workarounds with everything. You know, um, a lot of people through my YouTube channel have asked me like, Oh, what do you do about debris or, you know, if you had to bag a bunch of lawns? Well, I do the same thing I did with the cab overs, man. When we had the navigator and we were mowing a ton of properties, mm-hmm. we'd back that navigator up in the back of that box truck and just dump the clippings out mm. and then just drive the mower on top of them. At the end of the day, pull all the equipment off and rake all the clippings out. Mm. And there's been times where I've been pruning crepe myrtles down here and I'll just fill the back of that van just slap full of just branches. Oh, wow. So, you know, you just make yeah, it you work. Do. Yeah, you do what you, you got to do to get it done. Um, so there is so that's the negatives, I guess, would be you're not going to be running some huge install or huge um, you know company that's going to be mowing acres of grass. Mm-hmm. This is for smaller mowers in a city suburban type of area. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. Um, so um, I'm just going to uh, take another break to uh, hear from our newest sponsor to uh, the podcast, uh, Xmark Manufacturing. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so with that uh, ad there for Xmark, I know you're uh, a big Xmark guy as well. Um, you've got uh, the uh, Xmark. Is it a turf tracer that you're using for that 36? Uh, yes, sir. Turf yeah. tracer. Yeah, and then uh, I'm assuming the 30 inches uh, an Xmark uh, commercial 30. Yes. Okay, and then do you round it out uh, with a 21? Is that uh, the Xmark commercial 21 as well? It, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, from the get-go, ever since back when I was telling you when I first started, I took out a loan for an X mark. I, that's all I've ever owned. Okay, very, very cool. Uh, so, so I, yeah, go ahead. I, and it's not that I – I mean, I, they've been very good to me. Yes. Uh, what, my, my advantage to X mark for me was uh, all the dealers around here carried parts for them, and okay, they yeah. carry them. It's like a big dealer in my yep. area. And once again, since I'm repairing and fixing all my stuff, I just need a place to get parts like yes. quickly. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think anything mechanical is bound to break at some point, especially, you know, with the wear and tear that we put on these machines. But if I could just run up the street real quick and get a part, yeah. fix it, and then get back to mowing – that's that works for me yeah, yeah. so they've always been good to me like yeah, that absolutely i was actually talking to my dealer about this uh uh last week um i dropped off my x mark starus uh, to do there was a couple of recalls on it and um i was uh, asking him about um 
other brands and stuff uh, that they uh, have, uh, you know, coming in and stuff. And he was talking about a particular brand that was trying to uh, went in for a meeting and they wanted to set up. And he says, you know, it's a great brand. They have great stuff. But the problem was, is that, um, you know, for here where we are on the West Coast of Canada and stuff like that, uh, you know, if that mower goes down, um, he says to get parts and stuff, it was going to be like two or three weeks because they don't have any right. local distribution. And he says, that's unacceptable. He says exactly. with the Toro and X mark, we can get the stuff like same day <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and then have, you know, have our, you know, you landscapers out back on the road as quick as possible, uh, doing, uh, you know, what uh, you need to do. So, um, that dealer support and finding, you know, uh, you know, and it's not necessarily, um, the brand like X mark may be not the right fit for somebody uh, if that dealer doesn't carry it and doesn't have the parts and doesn't have you got to look at that whole rounded uh, picture um, I, yeah I think it would be very smart I see so many people online uh, in these lawn care forums and business forums and they're they're just all about echo or they're all about steel yep. or they're all about hustler mowers and from a business standpoint I think um, it's very silly to be that way I would look at the largest, uh, most profitable and productive landscape companies in your area and yep. what equipment they use yep. because they're the ones who spend in the big dollars at these dealerships. Those dealerships are going to stock parts for them. Yes. Okay. So if they're running Xmark or Echo, then that's what I would run mm-hmm. because clearly them dealers are going to support those big companies. Yes. They're going to keep parts on hand for them. Yeah. Yeah. It would be silly to run as something totally different and be waiting three weeks for a part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes no sense. I'm as money in this business. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've talked about that on the podcast in the past in uh, trying to um, tell people that are just starting out you know, why you want commercial equipment um, if you can afford it. And I've given, um, you know, examples, and I haven't always used commercial equipment. There's been cases where, um, you know, I haven't used commercial equipment because there wasn't enough properties to justify that particular piece of equipment. So I would get the residential version of it first uh, to start out, but you risk that, um, you know, if it goes down, that, um, you know, you're out. And I've given examples where with a commercial mower, you know, something went wrong on a property and, you know, I drove to the dealer and was back within a half an hour with the part um, back on the mower and back finishing that lawn uh, because right. they stock the part for that. They know those are common things that are going to go wrong with that commercial mower. Had that been the residential version of that mower, good luck. It would have been, you know, uh, probably a week or two to get parts, uh, uh, not being a commercial version. Um, so let's transition here, seeing as we're speaking about uh, equipment. And you uh, on YouTube are known as the Southern Real Mower. Um, so you're using a actual real mower uh, for some of your uh, jobs, I take it. Uh, uh, so um, tell us a bit about that. Okay, so I, 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 honestly, I don't remember how I got started real mowing. I do remember when I lived at home with my family, I was 18 or 19, and I was starting this lawn care business. I came across a true cut real mower, which is um, more of a kind of the top of the line residential mower. Okay. And I, my parents, we have Bermuda in the South mainly, and um, there was a country club or something I was cutting grass in. And uh, I saw that some of these properties were, I mean, just absolutely perfect, beautiful, super low cut grass. And 
I started paying attention and I noticed they were using this cylindrical type mower. Mm-hmm. This was, I, this was when I first found out about real mowing. You okay. know? Well, in these golf course, like country club subdivisions, all these homeowners are cutting with reels because I mean, the golf course is cut with reels as well. Yes. And, uh, and they want their grass to look like the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I was so intrigued by it because it was so precise and smooth and flat, you know? And, uh, I started doing a little bit of research and I came, came across, like I said, a true cut, uh, real mower is the, is the brand and it's a high end, uh, residential mower. And I found one used at the time on like Craigslist. Okay. And I bought it and I just kind of tinkered around with it at my parents' house. And uh, that kind of got me started with the real mowing. Okay. Um, now it is a niche or niche market. Yes. Because, um, you know, with, with real mowing, you're, you're mowing two and three times a week. Uh, it's got to be just perfectly, you know, tabletop smooth. And there's so many other things that come come along with the real mowing okay uh but yeah that's kind of how i got started i was just intrigued by how nice of a cut it, it left okay so what would you say are um uh, the advantages of using a real mower over a rotary mower and you've hinted obviously that uh, and i'll segue this into the next question because you can kind of answer it all together uh, so what are the advantages and when and why would you use uh, the real mower um, well, the advantages, uh, first off, is going to be the health of the of the turf. Uh, real mowing is a scissor action, okay. whereas rotary mowing is a, a ripping action. Okay. Okay, so anytime you have a scissor cut, if you look at the, the leaf blade, the, gra- the blade of grass, it yep. is cut perfectly like a pair of scissors. Okay. We cut a piece of paper. And um, rotary mowing, it's ripping it. So it, it puts the, the turf in a lot of stress because it's just the same with humans. Like if you were to get cut with a razor blade or a chainsaw, yeah, yeah. think of a surgical type cut with a razor blade would heal so much faster and cleaner yeah. than a cut with like a chainsaw where it's just really ravaging the skin, you yeah, know. Yeah. And that's the same concept with turf. I mean, it's just it keeps it healthier uh, because of how clean cut it is. Okay. Um, so is there a particular, um, type of customer that you do the real mowing for, um, versus the others? Um, this is not the average Joe will never pay for this service. Okay. Um, it's a, it's, it's a costly service. You're there multiple times a week. So, um, when I was in the country clubs mowing grass, those are the type of customers that would would want that or justify that service. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of prep that goes into the property before you can even put a real mower on it. Um, you can't have irrigation heads sticking up. You can't have you know a bunch of dips and hills yeah. and you know all. It's got to be smooth, you know. So it takes someone first of all to prep the property. You have to usually come in with a walker or a uh, navigator type mower a bagging mower and just cut it to the ground and get all the clippings up. And then you do some top dressing and sanding and, you know, you start building the, the level surface yeah. before you even put a real mower on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a very high end service. And uh, we, we were just doing it for a few select customers in like country club type okay. settings. 
Okay. Yeah, that would probably never fly here on the West Coast of Canada because of the amount of, it's like where I live is like, think Seattle. It's like the same rain pattern. It's like rain, rain, rain. So the soil compaction, the dips and things that you talk about, it's like every lawn is lumpy and bumpy and, um, you know, people don't put, you know, generally don't put a lot of money into top dressing and things like that. They just, the most people like they want it to look nice and you can get it to look really nice with a regular, you know, rotary mower and, and decent without having all of the extra expense and stuff. Uh, but I could see how, um, just looking at some of your videos, how just amazing, like it's so smooth and, and flat. It's like a putting, putting green, basically. Basically a putting green. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically it's even mine cut at a quarter inch would be considered tall for putting green because they're getting down to, you know, 0.125 of an inch or even less. Uh, these machines go super low. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't have, I mean, I, it would be a full-time job. You would literally be just working all day long at your house, you know, trying to maintain it yeah, yeah. Uh, at low. So I start off like at a quarter inch in the spring and you're at a half inch, you know, by the end of summer. Okay. But um, you can do that with these warm season grasses and we have a very long growing season. Okay. Here. I don't know how it is uh, or what type of grasses you guys mow out West or up North, but um, you're not going to be cutting fescue at, you know, half an inch or yeah, a quarter yeah. of an inch. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and maybe that plays a role with the service down here and the demand for it uh, is because we have warm season grass. Yes, you know? yes. Someone who has a fescue lawn, that, that, why would they want a real mower? You yeah, know? yeah. I've seen, um, uh, you know, I've, I have seen real mowers obviously on golf courses here. Um, right. And I've seen a few houses where it's the homeowner that's doing it and uh, will have a real mower, but literally like. I'm mowing lawns in the neighborhood and every day I'm driving past this house and it's like, he's cutting the lawn again. <laughs> it's like every day he's cutting, yeah. he's cutting the lawn. Right. And it looks amazing. Uh, but it's like, that's a lot of work, right? Like I don't see yeah, it. Yeah. You gotta be committed to it. Um, it's, it's something I enjoy. I, we don't service any more properties like from, from the business, you know, it's oh, okay. real mowing. Um, when I started the Southern real mower for YouTube, that's, uh, what you see is my property. Okay. And, it's almost just like a, a hobby. You know? okay, Some yeah. people like to paint pictures or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I like to kind of tinker with the grass, you know, yeah, yeah. and the different the machines and the chemicals. And there's, you know, so many things that uh, you have to do once you get into real mowing. Okay. Um, one thing I have noticed, um, though, uh, when I've gone on vacation, say, to uh, with a family uh, to California, Disneyland or something like that, that's where I've seen um, – mowing companies with real mowers out there more often is in those uh, sort of situations. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. And, and they'll have the real mower with like this, um, it looked like a front mounted basket or something. And the clippings yeah. were like going into this, uh, uh basket yes. and stuff, but I saw it more often out there, uh, in California around San Francisco, things like that, uh, cruising around there, um, that I noticed it, uh, uh quite, uh, quite often. Um, but, uh, yeah, over here I was like, Oh yeah, I don't think, uh, that would, uh, would fly but uh, i've thought about the same thing as you like doing it for my own lawn um because it's like you know i could do anything but it's like oh that's a lot of like you said a lot of investment in time um to to maintain it and and doing it and i don't think keep in mind like these these real mowers are a totally different beast you know yes you you, if you don't know how to sharpen them you got to take them somewhere Mm -hmm to get them sharpened they're heavy i put a walk behind real mowers 300 pounds yeah, you know? yeah. 
they're super heavy. They're super precise. Um, you're not going to be mowing sticks. A stick or a little rock can ding the reel on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's a huge commitment to start reel mowing. How often it, would you have to sharpen those blades? Um, obviously it depends on, you know, if you're doing a lot of top dressing and you have a lot of, uh, sand, which is really abrasive, um, it, a lot of mowing, but usually once a season, twice a, okay. a season, you can backlap them. Okay. So a backlapping would be like a, 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 a slight sharpening. Okay. Whereas, um, actually taking the reel somewhere and grinding it would be like, kind of the same as how we sharpen blades on a rotary mower. Oh, okay. You're actually removing a lot of metal. Yes, yes. But I do the backlapping myself, and that just kind of touches the blades up throughout the season. But, yeah, once a year, usually I'll just run it down to my local golf course. Okay. And the mechanic there will sharpen it for me. Okay. Very, very cool. Is it uh, costly to do that versus uh, regular um, blade sharpening? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a hundred bucks, you know, oh, okay. $125. Yeah. It, obviously, it's going to depend on if you know the guy and you're friends with him or yeah, yeah. what kind of shape it's in. You know, if you're hitting a bunch of rocks and stuff, it's going to take a lot of time and to grind that down to a smooth surface again. Okay. So, but yes, it would be considered a costly service to get one sharp. Okay. So, would you, um, do you think there's situations where you could do that as like your main niche business, like doing all real mooring? Or is, it, is that something that just would be? Uh, I, I no, I think it would be a a, a business like a, a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> Because you have, you would have to be on these properties so often. And then like in Georgia, you may get a week of just afternoon thunderstorms. Mm. Well, I'm supposed to be on each property three times a week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have 20 properties. There's, I don't, I think it would just kind of blow up in your face. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if you could do like a business model that would work. Okay. Uh, I'm sure there's people that do, and maybe I just haven't thought about it enough. But um, I think it will be a hard time finding customer base as well because this is kind of the cream of the crop, the top of the line, the most expensive. Yeah, service. yeah, yeah. Almost in a um, like a live-in gardener type in an estate sort of yeah. sense, right? Yes. Where you could dedicate. Exactly. I think you would have to almost like live on the property and just get up and start mowing every single day. Yeah, yeah. Make it. Uh, it's just a, it's a lot of work. A lot yeah. Of, yeah. Lot of <laughs> um, yeah so very very cool uh to uh in uh, inform us on that and uh to educate us on on that part i have no clue it just looked like a cool thing to do uh but uh after uh hearing you i'm like yeah maybe not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. like, because and that's kind of the, the you know a lot of the, the whole um youtube channel is it's mainly real mowing i have shown my van on there and you know some different landscape things which i i want to do more of you know coming up in the future but uh, the real mowing is just kind of um, people are interested in it. Yeah. It looks cool and it's different. Yes. Like uh, when I'm outside at my house, so we live in a big subdivision and everyone that walks by, they're like, Hey, can I touch your grass? Or <laughs> how do you get it like that? Or, you know, they're intrigued and they're interested and they're always asking questions and commenting on it. So, uh, the YouTube channel mainly just shows kind of like the life of a, you know, real mode. Yeah. 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 Very, very People cool. Like it. Yeah. Very cool. So going back to your, um, lawn care business, um, using the rotary mowers, um, the next question is one that I really uh, like asking people, entrepreneurs, um, 
most importantly, uh, because when I ask a person who has a nine to five job, I tend to get the same answer. But when I ask an entrepreneur, the answers are always different. Um, so that is how would you, Justin, define success? Um, no, that's a very uh, good question. It's an in-depth question. But to quickly answer that, I success to me would be um, uh, security, uh, buying yourself, um, you know, security as far as uh, paying your bills or uh, – I don't think success for me is really a material thing. Like as mm-hmm. far as a big house and fast cars and, you know, boats and all yeah, that. Yeah. I think uh, success to me is waking up and being able to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have time to go real mowing your front yard or you have time, <laughs> to, uh, you know, tend to your garden or go, uh, take photographs that success to me that you're not you're no longer in that grind a mm-hmm. nine to five grind to pay the bills yes that's a great um, answer i think that would be a very i could go way more in depth <laughs> but i think yeah that would be my answer success would be um i have time to actually if i want to wake up at eight o'clock or nine o'clock yep. i can yeah that's a great answer. That uh, and actually goes back to one of the first things uh, that you talked about uh, at the start of the podcast when we talked about uh, you working uh, at that dealership and uh, you know getting your first paycheck and you look at it and you kind of hit that depression and you kind of do the math and you said yeah. something. You said, you know, I could be you know mowing some lawns and be done by two, and me. You know, and that's where that sort of comes in. It's that uh, freedom that uh, to to do you what go, you yeah. want when you want. Um, that's, yes, that's a good. The freedom was the word maybe I was looking for. Yeah, yes. yeah. It buys, it buys you freedom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very, very this cool. Life, I mean, this life, there's so many, so much more to life than just working and going home and giving your money away to the you know cable company or gas company. I wanted to be able to. Uh, do what I want to do. If I want to go fishing on Monday, mm-hmm. I will. Yeah, you yeah. Know, type that would be success. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. I love uh, uh, like-minded people, <laughs> just like me. Um, so uh, what size uh, properties uh, do you uh, maintain and uh, for your lawn care business to give people sort of a, an idea of uh, what you're uh, doing? Okay, so um, I measure most of all of our properties because uh, we've – recently gotten into the um, chemical treatment side of the business. So all of that's priced by square footage. So I have a pretty good idea of um, how much square footage these properties have. And my target customer is um, between 4,000 and like 7,500 square feet. Okay. Um, Total property would be quarter acre, half acre. Okay. But depending on the size of the home, you know, yeah. if you have a 5,000 square foot home on that, then there's not much grass, you know, left yes. after they build that home on yeah, it. Yeah. So these are smaller properties. Um, they're somewhat close together. Okay. And okay. it's just how my area where I live is set up. For instance, the neighborhood I live in has over 1,000 homes in it. Oh, wow. So, cool. yeah, 1,000 homes. So you could go in, and if you've got two or three or four homes on one street, man, you're right there. Like, you don't even have to move the truck. Yeah. Very so, cool. yeah. So we're servicing these small homes and they're just 
fast and uh, right there, you know, not much travel time. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Similar to me, my, mine are actually um, probably even uh, smaller than that. I think mine range from about, uh, well, okay. okay my, my smallest ones are about 4,000 square feet and that's the whole property including okay. the including the house so that's you're talking it. i pull up in this neighbor and those are the ones i generally have a lot of hard time with truck and trailer parking because there's so sure. many houses yeah. they're so tiny if i park my truck in front i can literally take up two properties with my truck <laughs> i call them postage stamp homes because they're so small yeah. and i can mow them in five minutes like be done in and out um, but then the average average is about eight thousand square feet that I'm doing, including the house. So you're, you would really benefit from like a Xmark thirty or thirty six or you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it would almost be disproportionate to put like a huge rider on that property. Yeah, it would almost be silly because you wouldn't even get like two passes out of it, and it's already mode yeah 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 well i've i've got i've got a 36 inch turf tracer as well um that i use for some of the larger uh ones but people look at it and they're like what are you doing with that monstrosity on my property you know like what like they don't we don't have big zero turns and things here um at least in the dense city right so it's like people look at that stuff and they're like what what is that what are you doing with that (laughs) exactly yeah. And, and that's the thing is, uh, it's interesting because I've never been to the West Coast or even up north, you know, kind of where yeah. you're at. But once again, like I would just tell people, like from everything I've read online, when I first started posting pictures about the Ford Transit and like, you know, maybe it, it sparked some interest in other people and it would help them out. I got a lot of negative feedback. People are like, oh, this is ridiculous. You can't, you can't mow any grass with that thing. You can't fit any mud. And I'm like, man look, let me explain something. Open your mind. There's areas of this country, just like where you live, yeah. that you can make a good business out of mowing these small properties. Oh, yeah. I don't need a 72-inch mower. Yeah, yeah. It would be, they would, wouldn't want me on their property. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so, actually uh, from my, um, just over the years, listening to people talking and, and you know, you, I'm going to age myself. Um, going back to like using forums and things like that, um, you know, when I first started like 15 years ago and things like that, and and people asking, always asking about pricing. What should I price this at? What should I price this at? I found that the smaller properties were way more profitable. Exactly. Um, and exactly. not only from what I could charge somebody uh, to mow that property, because like my average price for a mow um, is like 50 bucks. And right. it, and it's like a small, you know, you're talking like 7,000 square foot property, but that's including the house and the driveway. And so the, the actual lawn is not that much. And then I would look at people asking, you know, charging like a hundred, hundred and, you know, change for an acre property. I'm like, that's for like an acre of lawn. And I'm charging half of that for this tiny little thing. Um, and the investment in this equipment is way less than what you're having to pay, you know, $10,000 for these mowers that you're using on that. And keep in mind, too, like, for instance, I'm a big advocate for the Xmark 30. I've seen a lot of people uh, have negative views of it online or whatever. But uh, I'm here to tell you, man, like that machine is perfect because, it, for one, it's a very simple machine to operate. Mm-hmm. And it's cheap to maintain. You don't have, like, go replace a hydraulic pump or a wheel motor on a, a big rider. I mean, they're so expensive. This X Mark 30 is uh, is just a it's basic machine, and it's easy to repair. It sips fuel. It doesn't use much fuel. Um, it's lightweight, you know, as far yep. as compared to, like, a big laser Z or something. Yeah, yeah. 
So even if we had a downpour, I can still be out mowing the next morning mm -hmm. because the footprint is not heavy on the property. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I had the big navigator, like a navigator's heavy. Yes. And uh, when the hopper's full, it's even heavier. Oh, yeah. And there's, man, you, if it, you have to wait two days down here for it to dry out before you can put the navigator on a property. Yeah. So I stay on, on schedule better regardless of the weather yeah. because of these smaller machines. Yeah, yeah no, I absolutely agree. I, here on the West Coast, like I said, I'm, uh, you know, exactly, I'm only two hours away from Seattle. Um, so okay. it's, it's yeah. the same, that same weather. And I, I always laugh with, uh, watching on social media and stuff, people saying, you know, um, you know, we'll be in the shop today. It's a rain day and stuff. And I'm like, there is no rain days here. Every day is a rain day. You have to work in the rain. Okay. Otherwise you don't have a business. Um, you don't, you don't have a yeah. yeah. And I had, um, <clears throat> when I first started, I bought into a franchise, uh, lawn care business, uh, for the first few years and, uh, they were based out of Australia um, but had franchises in multiple countries. And uh, in Australia, like using a walker mower was like the thing. So um, when I first started and I was green and stuff, uh, I thought, okay, well, this is, I tried some cheaper alternatives. And uh, once I started getting some little, you know, a few bigger properties and stuff, and uh, I thought, okay, a walker, like I got to get a walker. And I got one and it was back in 2007, I bought it and it was uh, just under $15,000 at the time. <clears throat> and uh, it was fantastic, left a great cut, but I could barely ever use it because one, it was way too big for some of the properties. It was only a 42 inch deck that I got. Um, but, for, uh, but then the weight, because it rains here so often, it was like, I would put it on a lawn and it would just get with that low ground clearance of having the blower and all that stuff underneath. If it sunk like an inch, it would be stuck <laughs> and then it would completely rut because you're trying to get it unstuck and the, yes. the amount of times that uh, that would happen um, and it just led me to having to sell it eventually uh, after four years I had it and I think I had 200 hours on it only after four oh, wow. because it spent 90 on, and I and I came to the realization one day going you know that machine cost me you know, $14,000 and it sits on my trailer 90% of the time. And right. this, uh, and at the time I was using a Honda 21 inch more. And I was like, this one cost me a thousand dollars and it's being used 90% of the time, making 90% of my, my uh, income. Right. So something's not right here. Something's got to, <laughs> so. and also, you know, keep in mind too, like, uh, for instance, uh, the 30 inch X mark, it's basically just a large push mower. There's hardly any learning curve to that. If you wanted to, if you had employees, yeah. uh, it's, you know, they probably have already mowed a lawn with a push mower growing up. So they already yeah. kind of know how to handle it. The walkers and navigators, like, uh, it's a learning curve to that, yeah. you know, and it's a pretty uh, complex machine. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I rode one for years and I loved them. They're great at what they do. But if I was to try to build like some big landscape company, uh, the 30 would be, uh, you know, way less, um, learning curve you know, yeah yeah far. yeah absolutely even the the turf tracer when i first bought the Here's turf simple, tracer yeah. um i and it's funny because uh, now uh, with working with x mark and things like that and talking to them and their engineers and stuff um i talk to them and i'm like you know um with the x mark uh, turf tracer when i first got it i said i hated that thing <laughs> yeah. i said that has to be the mower that had the 
biggest learning curve for me. It took me forever, almost probably an entire season until I was comfortable and didn't make a mistake anymore. Throughout that first year, you know, I would think I was comfortable and then all of a sudden, you know, something would happen or I'd hit the control wrong or something. And then, you know, you could almost go into a parked car because you panic, right? You could let go, but you tend to not let go. You always panic, right? And you're trying to control the thing. And and now it's like, I can fly on it and there's like no issues with it. I can do slopes and hills with it. There's no issues, but extension of my, my body. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably one of my favorite mowers now. Um, It is. I love them. Uh, But you're right. It's like human nature. You want to keep holding on to it when, if you would just retrain your brain, simply let go. Yeah, it'll stop. Yeah, uh, in in the panic of the situation, you, you, you try to yeah, you, you mess up. Yeah, <laughs> you're going around in circles and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All the people people walking on the street are like looking at you, like what the heck's going on? Yeah. what the heck's going on with that guy? Um, yeah, very very cool. Um, so. Uh, you're doing, I'm assuming, and by the sounds of it, all residential properties, or do you do commercial as well? No, I, it's all residential. Um, when we had the box trucks and employees, we were doing commercial properties. Um, I found myself working seven days a week because we would try to wait for the parking lots to be empty and you know go, go in, and it's kind of hard to blow a bunch of leaves across a parking lot when you have a parking lot full of cars. You know, yes. Uh, and people get upset, you know, you get like a brand new black Mercedes that just got out of the car wash and uh, it's got grass clippings all over mm-hmm. it. So we ended up uh, just doing like commercials on Sundays and stuff and uh, kind of back to the whole success thing and all of that that we already spoke about. I, I got tired of working. on yeah. Sunday. I didn't want to work on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and you know, every year those places come up for bid to rebid them out and we lo- we would lose them from time to time and it was kind of an uneasy feeling you didn't really know if you're going to keep it long term or not and uh residential for me seems like uh people are a little bit more uh, uh you know they, they buy into you and i and they get to know you and they seem like uh they keep you around more yeah 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 the relationship really um can right. give you some security in some sense, right? There's yeah, customers no, there okay, that, yeah. that value that over, um, you know, the next, uh, person that comes along offering a cheaper price and stuff. And, um, exactly. you know, you uh, can, yeah. I've seen a lot of my customers, I've mowed some customers for 15 plus years and I've seen their kids grow up you mm-hmm. know, and they're in college now and driving cars and, uh, you become a friend almost of the family when they go on vacation. They're like, Hey, you know, keep an eye on the house for us, yeah, yeah. whatever, because you know, you are uh, a stranger essentially just going, getting access to customers property yes. and going into their backyard and you know, whatever. So there's a, a trust there. Yes. And I feel like people who trust you tend to not get rid of you. Yeah. So as long as you hold up your end of the deal and you're doing an excellent job, you're doing it at a good price and you're doing what you say you're going to do, I, f- I felt that it's more reliable on the residential side. Okay. Yeah. Very, uh, very good point. And that's been my experience as well. That's why I enjoy uh, that. I've talked about on the podcast how... Uh, you know, in the past doing some commercial stuff and it didn't matter how good of a job I did. They could, uh, there's literally properties where they would compliment me on how nice the property looks since I took over. 
Um, and I would spend the entire day on these places. And then when the you know, next year would come around, I'd be like, you know, I didn't really actually make any money on that. Cause I spent so much time and, uh, you know, I, you know, raised the price by, you know, 200 bucks a month and they're like, yeah, sorry, that's not in the budget. And it's like, are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> like you were complaining about the other guys not doing anything. And I've uh, completely turned the place around and you can't find another 200 bucks a month. Like <laughs> to, to, throw me a bone no. <laughs> exactly. but uh, with uh, residential it's always been uh, very positive those relationships that you build and uh, you know it's just for me uh, I've uh, enjoyed it uh, a lot better uh, as well um, so what are your uh, future uh, plans uh, or goals for your business well um, a couple of years ago I got my chemical applicators license okay so we're, we're starting the chemicals uh, it was I, I, I think eventually I want I want to be a hundred percent out of, uh, lawn maintenance. Okay. I want to be into the chemical side of it. Uh, for no other reason, maybe if I'm just kind of uh burnout out on lawn care, I've done it for 20 years and okay. I wanted something uh, new to learn and yeah, yeah. To perfect, you know? So, uh, I, I go in, got my license and I'm enjoying learning about that, you know, and, uh, uh, learning the tricks of that trade. But, um, I don't know. We'll see, you know, uh, Right now, that's my focus is to build up the chemical side of the business. The mm-hmm. uh, Ford Transit can easily be switched over. Yes. Like right now, as we speak, I have a spray rig in the back of it. Okay, you know? cool. Uh, because we were started, we've been doing all the pre-emergence and stuff, getting ready for springtime mm-hmm. here. So um, that's what I'm really pushing right now. Uh, take it one day at a time or one season at a time, and I set small goals for myself. And this year, I want so many chemical customers. Okay. And then once I get so many chemical customers, I will drop off some of the long maintenance customers okay. and we'll slowly switch it over to a hundred percent chemical. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. The transit van would be perfect with that, especially with that side sliding door. Like you put the, I probably exactly. don't even have to go out the back or, or worry about, uh, cause that's the other thing too. Sometimes if you do find parking on the street and stuff, um, like I've had times where with my truck and trailer, I like find a spot and unload my mower and I'll leave the ramps down with cones and somebody mm-hmm. will still come and park right up behind it and it's like oh, man. did you yeah, not so see the ramps like what did you expect was coming off and on there like what do you right and then it's like i gotta like actually move the truck into the streets to actually load the the thing it's like are you kidding me but with that transit van like that side sliding door uh, for chemicals that would be awesome you just pull up you don't have to worry about people parking behind you and stuff you can just do the hose and everything right yeah, they're so great. Uh, obviously, there's there's going to be pros and cons to everything, and we've already kind of went over that. But yep. uh, all in all, man, I've just been thoroughly impressed with them. Uh, I think it's made me more profitable. It's made me more productive and more efficient. Uh, it works for what I do. Yeah, you know, and and, and that's the thing. Um, I, I love it. You know, um, I want to actually. I'd like to have an all-wheel drive one or yeah, uh, n- the new one. They have made some uh, minor changes. Uh, mine didn't have the rear backup camera. Okay. Now that's like standard on all vehicles. Mm-hmm. So if I was to update it and get a newer model, it would have that. Um, I think they've changed some of the console and, you know, whatever else. But overall, man, they're just uh, very versatile and you can adapt them to whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing I was... The other thing I was impressed, um, going back to the van here, um, uh, 
went to go look at some and just the amount of storage like above you had like these cubby holes oh, above yeah. you there's in the door there's just like all this like these pockets and things everywhere uh, under the oh, seats like little drawers were like opening and things i was like wow there's like yeah. so much storage in here uh for stuff yeah and and what I want to do is, uh, and I'll probably put it on my YouTube channel if I get around to doing it, but I, uh, in between the driver and the passenger seat up front, I want to, um, since we're doing more chemicals now, we leave um, a printout on the door okay, because, yeah. uh, to let them know what was applied, you know, whatever. I want to build me like a little, basically like a little desk or an office mm-hmm. so that I can set up like an iPad or a laptop with like a mobile printing station and be able to... Uh, have like a little office up there. Yeah, that would be uh, very, very uh, uh, cool. I, I actually did a uh, one of my past businesses that I did uh, years ago was uh, installing uh, security window bars uh, in yeah. people's homes, and I had a a brand new Chevy Astro van, cargo van, um, gotcha. yeah. that I had for that, and I had built a whole little office inside the back of it on one side, kind of like a it was inspired by like a Volkswagen uh, Westfalia camper van, like the cabinets on one side, and yeah. I had a uh, old school dot matrix printer uh yeah. bolted to the top with an inverter and stuff and i would take my laptops and and do like the estimate and quote and print it out right there and customers because this was like 20 you know 20 years ago or so right customers were like so impressed that i was like giving them a printed copy of their invoice and stuff right out of the van right they're like whoa that's so cool like you're printing the- you, I, I don't know how you are but for me um if i can get that estimate or quote to them right then and there yeah that's one less thing I have to think about doing when I get home. And two, I think it, it makes your closing, like, you know, closing of the job uh, percentage higher. Yeah, yeah. Because you give it to them right then and there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. Um, I do them now um, with email, but I'll yeah. do it right there. Like after I've talked to the customer, I've got a template and stuff that I uh, set up. And then uh, I just change the the prices and stuff on that template. And it's got all my policies and stuff because I want to have that written copy. And with email now, I like having it because um, you can search your email. So right. you can search it and look it up if you need to refer to it uh, without having to go through a bunch of paperwork. So I like it that way, but it's still the same thing. Like I will literally do it right there um, before I, I drive off. I'll sit in the truck and, and email them a copy of the invoice as well, or, or the, sorry, the, the quote, even if I give them a handwritten version or something or tell them I like uh, will not leave the property until I send it to them. So it's one less thing to worry about. It's done and, uh, and go from there. So um, share with us a time. This is the question that uh people probably have the most um, sort of pause for thought with. Um, So share with us a time where you uh, struggled in your business and maybe what you learned or did to overcome it. Um, I definitely, I could, I could easily answer that. You know, it's been a struggle. It hasn't been an easy road. I think that uh, anything that's worth doing is, uh, is going to have some struggle. It's hard, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I think an eye opener to me was when the, the Azuzu cab over when it broke down and I couldn't find parts for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that time, like I had some employees and we had quite a few properties and, uh, I didn't come from like a business background mm-hmm. or any type of, you know, we were just middle-class hard workers and uh, I was kind of learning as I, as I went. Right. So when the truck broke down and I couldn't get parts because that was always kind of my savior was like, my dad could bail me out. He could always fix whatever broke. Okay. And in this scenario, 
we couldn't get the parts to fix the truck. And it scared me because I, I mean, these people are wondering where you're at Mm -hmm. and you know, in the middle of the summer, this grass, I mean, they got fertilizer on it and they got water on it. It's growing so fast. And day by day, these yards are getting out of control. Okay. I have employees over here that can't work because our truck is broke down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think you could even rent a box truck or at the time that had like the landscape, you know, dovetail on the back. Right. Yeah. So it scared me. And uh, that was a time I really struggled about, well, we got to have a better way of doing this, you know? Yep. And that kind of got me started with the whole transit idea and kind of scaling it down. Okay. Because you can go rent a Ford Transit from Home Depot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, good point. I, yeah. If my van could blow up today and I can go to Enterprise or Home Depot and rent a van and it's not even a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And- so you got all these huge mowers and all this what am I going to do when it tears up? Go buy a new one? Like, yeah, you know, or wait for it to get fixed in the shop. Yeah. And that was an uneasy feeling to me at that time. Yeah. That's a very good point. Especially with those, um, um, just generic sort of ramps that you're using that, uh, you know, you can go to that rental van. There's no worrying about that. Um, and you just put those ramps up and away you go, you're back in business. And the fact that you don't uh, really have any signage and stuff on your truck, really, um, right. you know, for most customers, they're going to be unaware that anything's different or, or wrong or, or anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's man, it's just it's streamlined it. Yeah, it, it works out great. For yeah, this. that's awesome. Um, so down to the last two questions for you. Um, the the next one is one of my most favorite questions uh, that I ask uh, people, and that is. Um, share your best piece of advice with uh, someone just starting out in the business. And I want you to come at this from the point of view that this is somebody that you know and you like and that you only want the best for, not some random person coming up off you know, the street or something and asking you, but this is somebody, maybe a family friend or something like that, and they come and they say, hey, Justin, I'm thinking about starting a lawn care business. What can you tell me? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of answers to that question, but one of the best things I think I would tell someone like that would be, Always follow through with what you tell a customer you're going to do. Okay. Uh, if you say you're going to be there at five o'clock, be there at four forty-five. Um, if you say that you're going to have their long cut by Friday, make sure it's cut by Friday. There's no quicker way to burn a bridge in a business relationship than for the customer to see that you're not there and you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Okay. Very great advice. Uh, after that, um, I would say, Know your numbers. Uh It doesn't matter what anybody charges per acre. You have to know what it costs your company, your setup to be profitable. Yep. Okay. If I can give you prices all day long that work for me and make me money, but it may, you may kill yourself and and working too hard and not even make a dollar with my prices. Yep. Absolutely. So uh, know some business, man. Take some business courses, read, Online is such a good resource. You could get a whole like business degree online nowadays mm-hmm. uh, just from watching YouTube videos and learning from people. So uh, definitely do what you're going to say you're going to do and know your numbers and know how to run a business. Because I think a lot of businesses fail, not because of lack of work quality, but because they just don't know how to run a business. Yes. 
Yep, very, and very. That's something I struggled with because I didn't grow up from a business. Mm-hmm. My, my, my family didn't own some huge enterprise, and I just knew how to run a business. I know I learned by making mistakes and reading and asking questions. Uh, I was always the one. I wanted to go to someone I saw as more successful, and I wanted their ideas and knowledge to rub off on me. Okay. You know, like teach me, like tell me, how did you get where you're at? Um, versus a lot of people may be jealous of someone that has nice, nicer items or uh, nicer clothes or whatever. I was always the one that was like, hey, I want to know what you did, what worked for you. Maybe I can gain some knowledge and it will rub off on me, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's great advice. Uh, absolutely uh, solid advice there. Um, everything that you touched on, knowing your numbers, so important. Um, absolutely fantastic. So my last question for you is uh, how can uh, people follow you online? Okay, well, um, uh, we have a Facebook and Instagram, uh, the Southern Real Mower. You can type that in on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. And uh yeah, so try out the Southern Real Mower. I mean, Straight Line Landscapes does have a local website, you know, and it's uh, pretty much it. My email, you can do justin at straightlinelandscapes.com. Uh, we do have the uh, Georgia Real Mower at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong on that one, but uh, basically, if you go to Instagram or YouTube, my correct contact info will be there. If anyone has any questions or want to, you know, talk to me, I'll be glad to answer what I can. Uh, and then just, you know, if you want to watch the YouTube videos, it's Southern Real Mower. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, thank you uh, for uh, taking the time out to come onto the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun and uh, I'll come back anytime you want. Awesome. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that value-packed uh, uh, episode with Justin Motes from Straight Line Landscapes. I uh, shared a ton of value on, uh, you know, if you're considering a transit van um, and even uh, if you're curious about uh, real mowing. I will uh, leave some um, links in the podcast show notes uh, to uh, the real uh, mower on YouTube as well as his Instagram account. Make sure you guys go and follow him on Instagram and uh, hit that subscribe button uh, on YouTube. YouTube. So that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.